out of touch are you, LEX18? How out of touch are you? Does nobody in your entire staff there go to church that they think this is something that we need to be putting our, our full investigative forces behind? Oh, sorry, guys. You just caught me there uh, cleaning up the old rifle because, of course, it's the most important time of the year. I know a lot of you are thinking I'm talking about election season, but I'm not. For I'm a rural boy. I grew up in a rural town, very small town, small town, less than a thousand. And you see, opening day of deer season is coming up on Saturday. That's like Christmas with guns, uh, to quote the famous movie Escobar to Moonlight. And uh, right here, I'm just polishing up the old Rington 700, getting it ready for the uh, opening day, if I do say so myself. Now, of course, um, this is all for show because I'm not a heathen and I clean my guns before I put them away. You see? See, look at this. Look at this. My dad be proud. What do you see on that? Like nothing. Like nothing. Okay. My dad be proud. I clean my rifles, right? But of course, opening day of deer season is coming up on Saturday. And yours truly has a spot picked out nicely. Oh, okay. Yours truly has a spot picked out nicely. Um, hoping to bring home the big buck. Who knows? Maybe uh, the whole political thing doesn't work out. This will become a hunting show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, human, unathletic athletic human trounces around woods attempting to get males of other species to find him sexually attractive enough to come to him for him to shoot him right because after all that's what really hunting is um so yes i hope on saturday uh a male deer a big old male a big buck finds me sexually attractive enough to come running towards me so i may end its life and feed my family and if our state highways are any indication, the rut is is pretty peaking because um, they are certainly getting hit by cars at a very high amount. That or or the Kentucky Department of Highways is severely understaffed and can't clean up the wildlife off the roads. Let's hope it's the first because if it's the latter, well, that's just sad. So without further ado, let's get into the old show. Um, of course, my name is Andrew Cooperwriter, your host. This is the Andrew Cooperwriter Show. Of course, I'm running for uh, state treasurer, as you saw at the beginning. That election's in May, so you don't got to worry about voting on me in November. Um, but of course, we will ramp up heavy uh, into that campaign, start talking about the 23 campaigns a little bit more after this, and of course, the 2023 legislative session. Um, but today, we're not going to talk about elections. Why? Because this podcast posts on Tuesday. I'm recording it on Monday. So what that means is, is I'm not going to make any political predictions and risk looking like a jerk when I get them wrong. Um, so we're going to hold off on talking anything about elections. Instead, we're going to focus on some different issues. We're going to cover uh, Bill Wesley files draft bill request 384. Uh, we're going to cover a, a, a ridiculous news story. LEX 18 has decided is a really big story worth reporting on. And I'm going to offer some commentary on an SNL skit that I was flipping through the channels over the weekend. And unfortunately, 
stumbled into watching and it got me a little revved up. And uh, I want to talk about uh, that as well. Um, before we do that, please, though, visit C, the number 4KY.com, C4KY.com. Donate to the campaign. Hit the share button if you're on Facebook. Uh, if you're on Google, uh, or I'm sorry, if you're on the podcast forms. By the way, if you're listening to this as a replay video, you can always visit um, the audio-only versions on podcast. Take it with you on Google and and Spotify and, and Apple and so on and so forth. Um, you can also watch these on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Hit the like button, comment, share, subscribe to the channel, uh, and everything else. Let's dig down into it. One more thing. Of course, you can always text the word Liberty to 33777 to be added to our text alert updates. Liberty to 33777. Let's dig into it. So we got draft bill request. Um here by uh bill wesley draft bill request let's see 384 let's take a look at this bill and why it's worth talking about of course um it is a uh, draft bill request bill wesley here we go an act relating to student privacy and declaring an emergency uh bill wesley here create new sections of krs chapter 158 to ensure that student privacy exists in school restrooms Locker rooms and shower rooms require students born male to use only those facilities designated to be used by male and students born female to use only those facilities designated to be used by females require schools to provide the best available accommodation to students who assert their gender uh, is different from their biological sex. Um, identify uh, consequences for using facilities designated for the opposite biological sex. So what's this bill doing, right? It's attempting to, of course, um, it's a good bill. I like that bill. Um, I'm going to drink out of my Ninja Turtles mug. Oh, that's some good coffee. Brewed coffee, of course, 1776. My wife brewed it for me just a little bit ago. Thank you, honey. Anyway, so this bill is attempting, of course, to keep our bathrooms sacred, um, especially in these schools. As you know, in Loudoun County, Virginia, we had that issue with some weird stuff going down in bathrooms and, and really speaking, this just cutting to the heart of all this transgender nonsense. Um, you know, this pushing of kids into believing this stuff and, and just saying, Hey, look, we're not going to promulgate that. However, what is interesting about this bill is of course, Biden, uh, had recently, and, and I know this is kind of working its way out there, but recently Biden redefined chap, cha uh, um, chapter, uh, not title nine, sorry. Um, that was meant to protect women's sports and things to redefine it, to include um, sexual uh, your, your, your sexual identity to not be discriminated against. Meaning that what they want to do is, is take away the federal um, lunch program from schools that don't allow transgender students to use whatever bathroom they want um, violating Title IX. First off, this this just goes to show how government works. If you're not a, a, a specific in your laws, and this is why we can't pass a lot of them. If you're not specific in your laws, they're going to define them however they want to. You know, we see this at the federal level with Biden just reclassing Title IX. Well, geez, Congress, did you vote on that? No, we didn't. Well, apparently Biden can just go ahead and make up laws and things and attach whatever strings to federal dollars he wants to hand out. And remember too, that's not federal government money. That is our 
money. And of course, this is why the federal government taxes us so much, even though they provide such a small amount of the services, because them handing out that money gives them the opportunity to uh, tie their little strings to it. So he's attempting to do that while we're attempting to go in a different direction. And man, I'm ready for this 10th Amendment fight. Of course, the 10th Amendment says that any cons any um, power given to the government uh, federal government in the constitution belongs either to the states or to the people. And so it is not the federal government's job uh, to be passing laws and regulations that exceed its authority in the constitution. It's going to come down to it. Does public schools, bathrooms fall under federal government or state government? I think it's going to fall under state. We're placing money on that. I don't see how that holds up. Additionally as well, yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. The federal student um, lunch program is, is, is quite honestly, I, I was just talking to a friend about that. We were in a car for a, like an hour or two, and we were talking about this program, specifically the student fund aid, the student program. So the way it's set up, if an area or like a, or a school, if a certain number qualify for free lunches, everybody qualifies, which is odd because like, okay, I'm all for feeding students and kids if they need help. But like, if that guy's dropping off kids in a Mercedes or a Tesla, do we really need to be paying for their lunch? Do you need to be paying for my kid's lunch if he's going to school and on free lunches? No, of course not, right? Um, we you I, we don't want the help. We don't need the help. I've, I've, I've talked priorly about how I've had this run in with the elementary schools about not wanting that. And, and what gets weird is, is... Well, frankly, it just, it's just an odd program. But also as well, you know, what's also odd is these, these parents are on food stamps. They're on student lunches, and but they don't see any reduction in food stamps when their kids start going to public school. And so they're like kind of double feeding the kid, double dipping into that. I mean, you would think the federal food program would be deducted out of this food stamps program and would just go that way. But that's besides the point. Let's just put that to the side. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry, went off on tangent there. The point is, is Biden's trying to say, look, I'm not feeding those hungry little kids unless Johnny, who used to be called Jennifer, gets to use the bathroom that they want to, right? If if Jennifer, who needs to uh, uh, stand to, or, or, or Johnny, who needs to sit down to pee... <laughs> Isn't allowed to go into the boys' bathroom in a stall to sit down and pee. Well, your kid's got to starve. Could you imagine that? Like, just think about this logic here, okay? Just, just with me, right? If, if you've ever heard of, I used to say, me and my son were just having this conversation. He asked me, like, or he asked me, my son asked me a very insightful question when you think about it. He asked if the Democrats were going to bring back slavery. And I said, look, you know, of course not. In a way, I mean, geez, it makes us all reliant on the state. You're a slave to the state, but putting that to the side, I was like, no, no. I mean, historically, Democrats were into slavery. Historical fact there. They want to call Republicans a racist. Who found in the Ku Klux Klan there, Democrats? It was you. Anyway, so my son asked me about that. I said, look, you know, the problem is Democrats lack hubris. They just lack hubris. Um, and, and we're going to talk about this later on with a, with another segment, but they just believe they know better. And could you believe these Democrats think they know better so much so that they believe that they shouldn't feed the hungry kids because <laughs> the adults in their lives 
want them going to the correct biological sex bathrooms. And their remedy to that is just to starve out the kids. Now, of course, Bill Wesley uh, with DBR384, strong for sponsoring that, stepping on the landmine, because, of course, if the Biden thing goes through, okay, the Democrats will run attack ads against Bill Wesley saying he wanted to cut students getting fed from schools, some of the only places where they get meals, you know, and they're, they're going to run that, right? Um, ignoring the fact that Bill Wesley was not trying to do that. He's trying to protect bathrooms and it was the federal government's reaction. But we've all seen how Democrats lie and twist and everything else in their ads to get whatever outcome they are seeking, whatever outcome they're looking for. And what they're looking for, of course, is to attack Bill Wesley, enemy number one in a lot of their minds, because he runs a lot of these really good bills. And so he's enemy number one to them, and they're going to try to set up that dichotomy, saying, well, you can't put that in place, and ignoring the fact that it was a Democrat at the federal level overreaching his powers to put that in place in the first place. But anyways, that's draft bill request 384, protecting uh, gendered bathrooms in the schools. Okay, moving on. Um, let's move on to this LEX18 story from just a few days ago. This is a big story. They're big story. This was their big story of the evening. Um, and if it seems like I'm making fun of them for it, well, you're about to see why. So I'm going to offer some, some commentary here, uh, as we, as, as we go along. Comments made by the leader of the Salvation Army in Lexington are raising concern within the LGBTQ plus community. A viewer shared with LEX18 the link to a Facebook stream showing their service this morning. And heads up, the video stream is a little choppy. LEX18's Ricky Sayer breaks down the root of the concern and the response from the larger Salvation Army organization in tonight's big story. At tonight's big story at 11. Christian organization holds sermon. That offends LGBTQ people. I think we all know where this is going, but let's continue. 11. Attendees at Sunday morning service at the Salvation Army heard more than just prayers. This is the... Has that guy ever been to church? Hold up, pause real quick. Attendees heard more than just prayers. Do they think we pray for an hour? That is the sign of a man who's never been to church. Certainly not a Baptist church. You know, we don't just sit there and pray. We praise, okay? We sing. We hear a message, right? We always get more than prayer. We, people didn't walk in there, and then when he was like, hey, we're not going to just pray today, they were shocked. They are like, what? I was showing up at church. I thought we prayed for a whole hour and a half and just left. Prayed about whatever. No, you go into church to receive guidance based upon biblical truths. Guidance based upon biblical truths. But let's uh, let's continue here effort that has been made to turn the children away from their family, to turn the children away from God. That's Major Kevin Shoke talking about inclusive practices in school. He's the highest ranking local Salvation Army staff member. We sent him for the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. They're not here to hear about why they should be experimenting in sexuality. They're not here to hear that they should be other genders. I don't even know how many genders supposedly are anymore. We typically see the Salvation Army helping out in the community. Okay, so there's not any more from the sermon from that. That's what he said. What he said was is, is to clear that up. So he said that um, our schools are trying to turn their children away from parents and away from God. Fact check, true. Okay. Um, 
I don't think anybody as Christians would find that particularly offensive. And that's a pretty standard Christian point. I mean, are we really to believe that the Salvation Army is not a Christian-based organization? That's what they are. They're a faith-based organization. And in which he he said, look, in all these genders and indoctrinate and, and the CRT stuff he talks about, and I'm glad to see the Salvation Army changing its tune, because if you remember, it issued its anti-white training about a year ago. But besides that, you have this preacher preaching normal stuff, right? Seemingly normal stuff to me. Um, it's about what I hear in church every Sunday. And, but it's Lex 18's big story. What's... Let's see why they think it's a it's a big problem here. It's in their mission statement to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to meet human needs in his name without discrimination. They're told you need to teach critical theory. They're told you, you need to teach about LGBTQ. You need to teach about transgender. This is an incredibly disappointing and it's downright discriminatory, the statement. Chris Hartman is It's disappointing and discriminatory that the Salvation Army would have their spiritual leader saying that pushing sinful behaviors is wrong. Did, did anywhere in that preaching, that's it, that's all you heard, there's no, there's, there's no get you there. Did anything in that preaching come off of say, hey, you shouldn't, if a transgender person walks into your coffee shop, you shouldn't serve them. As many of you know, I think this stuff is morally corrupt. I think it's sinful. I think it's awful. I think it's dragging down our society. I think we are worse off for all this garbage. However, if a transgender person walks into my coffee shop, do you think I deny them service? Of course not. I serve them. I have served them, and I will continue to serve them. Because I know how you break through to somebody who's living in sin is not by denying them service, but you do show them love and compassion. But this is the problem, and we're going to see this throughout the, the last few minutes of this news story here. Love and compassion to them means saying what you're doing is okay. And the Lord's very clear. Well, we are to show love and compassion that love and compassion doesn't mean that we define sinful behaviors as non-sinful so we don't hurt your feelings. It's sinful. We all sin, though. And we're to show you love and compassion to show you Christ so you turn from your sinful ways. And if we never tell you that it's sinful, are you going to turn from your sinful ways? Is that not the point? the director of the fairness campaign in kentucky we shared the video with him to have the leader of an organization that purports to serve the most vulnerable in our community espousing anti-lgbtq rhetoric um, that is not just dangerous but can be downright deadly he says when lgbtq you not just dangerous but deadly <laughs> a preacher preaching that LGBTQ thoughts are sinful, definitionally sinful, in a church is deadly. It's deadly. It has horrible consequences. 
LAX 18's big story. With orange supported, it leads to higher rates of depression and suicide. It's beyond disheartening. Um, it's really shameful. After multiple calls to Salvation Army officials, we went to the Salvation Army's Main Street office to try and speak with Shoke without success. Okay, so they call the Salvation Army several times for comment. Then they decide to go down there to ask for them to... Can we get this kind of investigative journalism on anything else, LX18, please? You're literally hunting down this man, this Christian, this, this preacher, this pastor for the Salvation Army, a Christian-based organization, over him giving the kind of sermon that anybody who goes to a truth-preaching church hears often. Often. How out of touch are you, LEX18? How out of touch are you? Does nobody in your entire staff there go to church that they think this is something that we need to be putting our, our full investigative forces behind? I mean, I am blown away. I am blown away. We're in the Bible Belt. Nobody goes to church. I, I, I am shocked. I'm just, I am flabbergasted. After being escorted out, the Salvation Army took video of the service off Facebook. Late tonight, the divisional commander for parts of Ohio and Kentucky told us he hadn't seen the video, but he was looking into it. If something was stated today that was offensive or didn't line up with other people's views, I'm, I, I think we would say, I'm sorry if someone was offended. Major Timothy Lyle saying that, right? What, what, I'm going to rewind here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to hear exactly what he said there. Okay. I, I think we would say, I'm sorry if someone was offended. I think we'd say, I'm sorry if somebody was offended, offended by what they're preaching. Look, it is offensive to me to go to church and be called a sinner for doing sinful things. That doesn't feel good to me, but that's what I go to church for. I go to church because when you get off on the straight and narrow, it's to guide you back. It's to hear things that offend you. If they don't strike you here when you're in church, you ain't getting good preaching. If you don't feel a little bit of conviction to change your ways, just a little bit even, when you're leaving church, you didn't get a good message. You didn't get a biblical message. You didn't get a message from God. Every single time you go to church and you leave, you should feel refreshed for the week, but also reminded that you need to do better because we all fall short of the glory of God. And this Major Timothy Lyle over here saying, well, if somebody was offended by something we said, we're going to say, sorry, don't you ever apologize for God's word. Don't you ever do that. If being told that you're doing sinful behavior in the eyes of God offends somebody, they can get over it. Are you preaching the truth? Is it biblical? That's all that should matter. And worrying about people getting offended over your message? I wouldn't be doing it. I'd be saying, you know what? They should come to church. If somebody was offended by something we said, we ask them to come to church. See our love. We're not going to reinforce what they said. We're not going to tell them what they do is okay. But... We're not going to apologize for preaching God's word. But it's to equality and disavows discrimination and loves everyone and embraces all people regardless of their race or ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation or gender identity. That's that's who we are. I think we have a long 
track record of service delivery and commitment to people uh, in that statement. It's something Hartman disagrees with. That if the Salvation Army is truly sincere about being LGBTQ inclusive, about being welcoming to LGBTQ people, I definitely think that they're going to have to take some action, um, some disciplinary action against major shock here. Hoping they send a message that this... I promise you this. Every single Christian out there that donates to Salvation Army, if they attack shock, they discipline him for preaching against LGBTQ and gender theory and CRT because it is non-biblical and is sinful. Pull your donations. This is a Christian organization, and we're going to let sinners who aren't Christian, who don't believe in what we believe. We're going to let people of the world dictate what we believe. We are people of God. We are not bound by earthly opinions. The disciples, after Jesus left, spreading the word, suffered under the law and rule of man, being thrown into pits and stoned and murdered and killed, persecuted. If they allow these heathens to dictate what they preach, these non-believers, these people who aren't Christians to somehow tell them what their religion should believe, shame on them. They need to get right with God. They need to read the Bible a little bit more, and they need to find strength there. Not finding strength with what the world thinks of you. That's not how you find strength as a Christian. Sort of rhetoric won't be tolerated. Ricky Sayer, LEX 18 News. I've, I am just blown, absolutely blown away that that's their big story. Christian does Christian y things. That's the entire thing. That's the entire story. Christian does Christian y things. And this made major nightly news. This made major. Nightly news. I'm going to offer some more commentary. Here's something I saw over the weekend SNL skit that I happened to cross. Um, unfortunately for you, I happened to cross it um, because, well, we're going to break it down here. This is the, um, the, the, uh, they, they did this skit, I guess, about, uh, I don't know. They did a, a, a terrible characterization of a conservative. Right, so this was over Saturday, and let's um, let's take a look at it here. Uh, once again, we're going to dig into this. With so many midterm races tightening, it's hard to predict what will drive people more to the polls, social issues or economic concerns. Here to comment is Tammy the Trucker, who promises she's here to talk about gas prices and definitely not abortion. What? <laughs> It's me, Tammy the Trucker. Breaker, breaker, big mama, over. Wow, Tammy. So so you are a trucker who is very affected by gas prices. I guess that makes sense to me. Yes, I thought it would, Colin Jost. That's why I'm here, Tammy the Trucker. And, and, and what was that about not talking about abortion? No, 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 no. Breaker, breaker, double dipper. I got a big daddy on my tail. And all I'm here 
here to talk about is gas, even though the Supreme Court sent Roe v. Wade to that big pit stop in the sky. Beep, beep. Yeah, 50 years of precedent. Beep, beep. <laughs> okay, so let's pause it there. So first you got this characterization of a trucker. And of course, the indication here is that first truckers are all conservative, which is probably true. Um, because <laughs> of course they're blue collar workers. They're not liberal elitists who make their living by doing bad characterizations of people they'll never understand on TV that that live in New York and make millions of dollars a year and aren't good hardworking people. They'll never understand that. But putting that to the side, what she just say there? She said, "Well, they got rid of Roe v. Wade, getting rid of fifty years of precedent." As if that's the argument. Well, this has been precedent for 50 years. You know it was precedent for a time? That it was legal to segregate our schools. The Supreme Court had one point held the belief that you could segregate our schools. The Supreme Court at one point held the belief that one human could own another human. At one point had that belief of that precedent. They held a, a belief that we could segregate. They held a belief that women couldn't vote. They held these beliefs priorly. And under Tammy, the trucker's argument, that should have never changed. It was precedent. It's just it's a, it's a straw man if I've ever seen one. And and of course they're trying to be humor. There's nothing funny about this, right? I mean, would be funny, a funny characterization of a trucker might be having a trucker on a game show and, and you know, characterizing that or, or something like that. But to, to just have this person holding a wheel, for those who can't see it, she's holding a wheel, she's talking to a whatever, saying random things. It's like they said, we want to talk about abortion, but we have to somehow pretend it's funny. And they produce this garbage. Both. <laughs> <laughs> Cecily, are you okay? It seems like maybe you do want to talk about abortion. Calm your cooter down, Beaver Knieber. I'm Tina the Trucker, whatever name I gave you. And I gotta be in Rancho Cucaroomba by nightfall. Rancho Cucaroomba? Cecily, what are you doing? I don't know, Colin. I am just trying to get through this moment, okay? <laughs> Gas prices are up and families are really hurting. But that's not going to magically disappear no matter who you vote for. We're in a global recession fueled by corporate greed and war. Hon okay, stop there. <laughs> We're in a global recession fueled by corporate greed and war. This is a famous leftist trope. And of course, they just said it as a throwaway line. But I think for a second, we should pause and talk about that. I think for one second, we should... Talk about this corporate greed and war. Okay, first, we have to understand something. A global recession. Why are we in a global recession? One thing you have to understand is the world is in a recession because America is in a recession. Period. The American currency, the American dollar, is the world currency. It's what oil is traded on. It's what many of our commodity, all of our commodity markets are traded on. It is considered the language of business. English is. The U.S. dollar is the world's currency. It's the world's currency. And so if the U.S. dollar is inflating, causing recessionary issues, 
that means the world's going to also be inflating and causing recessionary issues. That's the consequence of America's being there. But to say, well, we're in a recession fueled by war and American greed. Well, let's talk about that. Why is the Russian-Ukrainian war causing a recession for Americans? Wars go on all the time. Wars go on all the time. In fact, um, wars that we're not a part of, sorry, to think that we are always tied into it. But, but why is it in this case, this war is causing a recession? Well, it's because of the energy costs. Well, they say, well, rising energy costs, that causes everything to go up. That's its effect on it. But why is it that that energy matters to us? It's because America is energy dependent on other countries. See, America was independent before. And America being independent, actually exporting energy, caused our fuel prices to be low, caused our heating price to be low, caused everything to come down in those price points, causing economic prosperity. Because we were exporting energy, not importing it. We were not current. We did not rely on another country and what was going on in Ukraine for us to be prosperous. And if that's really causing our problems, where is Biden's exit plan on Ukraine then? How are we getting out of that war? If that's what's causing the issues, let's see some leadership there, but we don't. Do we know what the Ukrainians, do we know how this war is going to end? Do we have a point where we say, this is victory, we're going to stop funding this in Ukraine and in Russia, whatever? And you can say, well, that's up to the Ukrainians. Great, then we should stop funding it. But that just throw it. Well, it's because of war. Explain that. Stop. Explain that. Explain how that, well, because of energy and blah, blah, blah. Why are we dependent upon other people's energy when we used to export energy? Additionally, as well, corporate greed. Do these corporations just suddenly get greedy? This is the craziest line that left us. Well, what's causing the recession is the fact that these corporations just got, they just got extra greedy. Out of nowhere. These corporations supposedly had gotten extra greedy. I don't, I don't know where business owners like me have now gotten more greedy. What are you talking about? Not only that, but our capitalist system is fueled by greed. The fact that you want to make as much money as possible is what fuels the capitalist system. It's always what's fueled it. You see, you set a price on the market that's not too high. You, you, we're, as, as, as business owners, as price setters, when you own a business or when you're producing a product and you're trying to set the price, you're trying to find the midpoint between demand and price. Or you're selling it for the most amount you can that matches with a good amount of demand where you're profiting the most you can. If you raise the price too much, less people are going to buy. You're going to end up making less overall. You may make more profit off each individual unit, but you'll make less overall. And if you lower the price too low, yeah, demand will go up, people will buy more, but you're going to make less profitability because you're not making as much profit. It's the perfect setter. It's, it's, it's the market. It's the intelligence of the market. They think, oh, well, corporate greed says it. What do you, the market isn't set by corporations. It's, they sell products for what we consumers will buy for. One person doesn't have control over the market. That's what capitalism is. That's why it prospers. That's why it's so great. And that's why communism sucks. Because one person does have control over the market. And this is the preface, this idea 
that corporate greed creates recessions is the preface to government grabbing control of our economy. Let's continue. Oh, breaker, breaker. Oh. But what will keep disappearing is safe access to abortion. It's not really magic because they told us that's... So her entire selling point, to be clear here, is we should ignore gas prices and inflation and the fact you can't feed your families comfortably and the fact you can't afford to live because she wants to murder babies. Let's just be clear, okay? That's the entire preface. They're trying to make a joke, but not really a good one. This sucks as a joke that... You should care more about the fact she can't kill her offspring than the fact you can't feed your family. Exactly what they're going to do. And they've been doing it. Breaker, breaker, big daddy. I got a double nickel on the big slab. <laughs> did, you just, did you just like Google trucker terms? Oh, like research? Yeah. Here, hold that. <laughs> Look, I don't want to talk about abortion on live TV or Peacock, whatever that count says. But... These are scary times, okay? Because they don't want to just take away access to health care. They want to criminalize it, too. I mean, it's so bad. Us truckers are all out here warning each other to delete our period tracking apps from our phones. I just want to know what... Where, where did that come from? Have I... Have you heard that? Have you heard... I haven't heard that. That sounds like something in a fever dream of liberal fantasy is, is a problem or going on week i wear my bad underwear but i can't in case some dickhead in texas thinks my period is evidence of a crime aruba <laughs> i don't think it's aruba i think it's auga do you have something again you are riding my ass <laughs> my point is give me that my point is you shouldn't have to pull the convoy across state lines to find a doctor who can provide health care for your anatomy without having to call their lawyer first. Because, of course, you know, abortion is health care. That's the argument. Right. It's not, you're not killing a baby. You're just getting proper health care. Tom, check my rear. Am I clear? My rear clear? Now I'm backing up about 50 years into the past. Okay, I got you. I got you. Okay. Oh, yeah. Look, yeah, I know this one's fun for you, okay? Let me give you some little chucker toys, okay? Yeah, here you go. Here's a nudie mag, and here's this. Oh, is this, is this Gatorade? Well, it was at one point. Just look at your naked gals, okay? Look, the truth is, I have felt pretty helpless over the past year. And it's hard to know what to say to make other truckers feel better, even though I have this big giant radio. So here's the thing I can say. There's one mother trucking thing we can do to fight for mother trucking freedom to make our own health care decisions, and that's vote. I love how suddenly now they're all about health freedom, right? This is the same people. I guarantee you this crazed woman believed in forcing you to take a medical treatment you didn't want. Because if somehow she would connect the dots that you would somehow kill your grandpa. Something that, by the way, was turned out not to be true. But yet, getting to kill another human, that's healthcare. Freedom. And that's I hope to hell everyone votes. You don't even see the irony of that. We all love someone who's had an abortion. I mean, drives a truck. Beep, beep. <laughs> all right there that's that's that for you and it's just one it's unfunny two the point they're trying to make is stupid and it's based upon leftist tropes there is no comedy there 
And and do you ever see them doing that about a, a leftist? Do we ever see them parroting a crazed leftist? Do you ever see somebody coming out with purple hair and being like, yeah, um, I really care about the fact that uh, uh, I get to abort a baby if someone ever decides to actually uh, engage in intercourse with me because that's funny, right? Because that is true. These leftist tropes, that is funny. But do you see them ever doing that? No, we don't see them ever doing that, right? I mean, you can make a parody up about a leftist pushing for abortion rights that's also a gay lesbian that never has to worry about having an abortion ever because that seems to be a lot of people who push for it. And, and that would be funny. I'd laugh at that. And if you did a, a, a made fun of conservatives properly without pushing forward leftist talking points that make no sense, I'd find that funny too. I'd find that funny. Well, guys, that's what we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. Next week, we will be talking uh, uh, about the elections, of course, that have happened and what do they mean and everything else. And, and to all my dear hunters out there, I wish you the best of luck on opening day. Um, you know, hopefully this is the year I get that monster buck. But thank you guys so much for joining us. And have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much.